The story of Berta Cáceres is making history in the country of Honduras. She was an indigenous leader and land defender assassinated in March 2016. Her murder has revealed a criminal plot involving the nation's military and private firms to oppress and attack the Lenca communities in Honduras. Welcome to the Faces of Assassination podcast from the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime. I'm Siria Gastelum-Felix, the Resilience Director at the GI. In this special episode, we're speaking with Berta Zúñiga, the daughter of Berta Cáceres. We discuss her mother's life as an activist and how she's using what she learned from her to continue fighting for justice. Berta, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Your mother, Berta Cáceres, was a lifelong activist who successfully mobilized indigenous communities and their allies to fight against illegal land grabs by powerful corporations backed by political elites. And I want to ask you, what impact did your struggle have on the indigenous community of Honduras and what impact has it left on your own activism? Berta Cáceres was one of the founders of the Civic Council of Organization Popular and Indigenous People of Honduras, COPIN, that was part of the expressions mobilized in Latin America in the framework of the campaign of 500 years against the Spanish colonial invasion that had an important impact on the dispossessions and marked the beginning of this colonial and neocolonial process that we continue to live in our continent. Berta Cáceres shared this political and social project and was part of this process of fighting for the vindication of community lands for the Lenca indigenous people in Honduras. But also since the founding of COPIN, a partnership was made with other spaces of social struggle in general but in particular with other indigenous communities that claim fundamental rights, such as the right to free and informed consultations. As a result of those early years, Kapin was officially born in 1993. Although it had various past records, since its birth, it organized several indigenous pilgrimages to the capital, which first of all showed the existence of the Lenca people as people that exist, that are alive, and that claim their right to the territories, and also in these mobilizations, it demanded the ratification of the Convention 169 of the International Labor Organization for Indigenous and Tribal People. As a result of this mobilization in 1994-1995, in which the Lenca people participated, but also the Garifuna people and the Chorti people. We achieved the subscription of the convention. This has been one of the legal tools to claim the right of people to their territories. This success is evidence of the Lenca people as living people. As a result of this social mobilization, it achieved the recognition of about 200 community land titles in the western area the construction of some schools, health centers, roads, stop 33 wood sawmill companies. 
The construction of the Autonomy of the Indigenous People project and the Refoundation projects are part of the merits of the COPIN. And talking to you about COPIN also means talking about Berta's political struggle in general. In particular, me and my brother and sister were born almost to the rhythm of the organization. We grew up seeing all this organizational process, traveling to diverse communities, seeing the levels of marginalization to which the Lenka people have been subjected, a product of inequality, a product of dispossession, a product of state racism. My mother was a person with a lot of character who taught us from a very young age to be part of this struggle and not to be indifferent to the situation that was happening in our country. She taught us from sensitivity, but also demanded it from us. And she gave us the possibility to be whoever we wanted, but taught us that we must not forget our roots. Undoubtedly, she is my main reference in the fights. She taught me not to idolize people, but I recognize her hard work, her political coherence, and her sensitivity to all struggles. She fought not only for the indigenous people, but also for women, and she fought against the economic system that oppresses them. And she fought for energy, sovereignty, ética, de acción, de trabajo. It was surely Berta's strength and determination that has helped you pursue justice. Yesterday, there was a court verdict that would not have been possible without your family's work. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened yesterday in the Honduran courts and what that means for the case? Sí, claro, con mucho gusto. Bueno. Yes, of course, with great pleasure. Well, after more than two and a half years of having begun the accusatory process against Mr. David Castillo Mejia, who was the president of the company Desarrollos Energéticos S.A., DESA, the builder of the Aguasarca hydroelectric project in one of the organized communities in the Copin and in one of the communities where the violation of the right to free and informed prior consultation was announced in the context of the coup d'etat that Honduras experienced in the year 2009. This company, which has been emblematic in the sense of all the attacks that communities and people who fight in defense of the territories can experience and which participated, was the key piece between the material authors and the intellectual authors of the crime against my mother, who was murdered on March 2, 2016. I can tell you that we always aim to go to those who are most responsible, but the state of Honduras has always played against this quest for justice and in favor of impunity. It wanted to silence our demands for justice and the international demand that there is. The struggle of the Lenca people that continue the legacy of Berta Cáceres. However, as a result of demanding a real response and a response that is also worthy of a process that is considered an assassination for its impact on the world, the process against Mr. David Castillo started, but has suffered several malicious delays by the defense, which is made up of one of the lawyers who accused Berta Cáceres and who was part of her judicial persecution developed by the state together with the company. So for us, this process is very important. We have been holding a preliminary hearing for four months now, which is a hearing that takes place before going to trial and, well, 
where it is said whether or not the case is going to go to trial. After many irregularities, the anomalous change of the judge two days before resuming a hearing that basically was left at the middle, it was resumed to end the hearing violating the principle of immediacy violating the presence of the victims in the room. It is the first hearing where I'm, I am not present, despite the fact that it was done virtually by an application called Zoom. We, the daughters of Berta Cáceres, that are the only ones formally recognized as victims, since in Honduras, social organizations are not recognized as victims, even though it was the main figure of the organization that was murdered. We were expelled from the Zoom meeting by request of the defense and allowed by the judge, Carlos Idias de Leon. It was not permitted, neither the publicity of an account nor the observation of human rights and international bodies, such as the representative of the Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights in Honduras. So we are concerned about this because we know that this process must be at the height of international standards and that for us, in this country of impunity, in this country of corruption, where judges are paid, where you can kill if necessary, the international scrutiny for us has been fundamental in this whole process. Without it, we believe they will just muddle through, as we popularly say, without respecting that this is a process that needs an exemplary response. Yesterday, we received the notification as we expected, because we do not expect anything different based on the evidence so strong that exists. The process against David Castillo, a key piece in this crime, was raised to oral and public trial and we are waiting for the realization of some procedural processes so we can have the date of the trial that has suffered so many delays and that has reached the expiration of the extraordinary terms of preventive detention. This puts the process at risk since Mr. Castillo could be released. And in these developments, if you can tell us what has been the role of international pressure? Well, there has been a very clear international pressure to demand justice in a very systematic way, despite the fact that it has been nearly four years and a half since the crime of our mother. It has been very insistent in demanding real strong responses. And on the other hand, there is a small group linked with these groups of power that try to guarantee the impunity of Mr. David Castillo. But as I say, it is the minority. The international community has been key, but also social organizations, individuals, as well as public officials from other countries, demanding a response to a crime that has fairly significant impact on a global level because it encapsulates all the persecutions that many leaders in Latin America live through and continue to be experienced simply for defending their territories to confront major economic interests at the national level, but also from international investments that discredits the right of indigenous people and their human rights obligations, and that they are negligent and permissive with companies that pursue and criminalize indigenous struggles and even murder. 
For the Copin, this is not the first death that has occurred as a result of this hydroelectric project, nor the first death within the indigenous communities that are so despised that they are discriminated against. They live to face the interest of extractive projects and energy management, and to ensure that the right to simply be consulted about what is or is not happening in their territories. So I think that this is a pretty big battle that has to be fought at all levels. And I think that lessons have to be learned within the framework of respecting the memory of who Berta Cáceres was. La memoria de quien fue Berta Cáceres. And I think of that because of who Berta Cáceres was, it was very difficult for the international community to assimilate that a person like her, who was internationally acclaimed, who had won the Goldman Environmental Prize, who was so well respected in her community, could be possibly murdered. And I want to ask you, how did this whole thing affected you growing up, being so surrounded by this world, by the threats to your family and the threats that are still going on in the media? Well, I think that it, it is not easy to live in this tension growing up, knowing that a person so close to you has her life exposed, feeling the fear. When we were little, we saw quite a few incidents because the struggle of the Copin never collaborated with sectors of power who were willing to corrupt the leadership, leaders who were coherent and loyal to the demands of their people. When one does not give in, you're exposed to great danger. For example, one woman who looked after us was stabbed. Fortunately, it wasn't serious, but they injured her arm and cheek. There were always armed men who watched over us. We never went to school alone, nor did we return alone. Well, I can say that after the coup d'etat that changed so much the ordinary lives of so many of the Honduran people, we saw the scope of this criminal structure and the impunity that operates in our country, where the security forces participate, organize crime at the surface of their interest, see corrupt and criminal people as public officials where the popular will was not respected. It gave us clarity to know that the conditions in this country were very bad. I always trusted that she was a very recognized person who was also accompanied by international solidarity when she was alive. This is not new. This is not something that came from nothing. She, who worked also the part of the international solidarity, received a lot of support in all the persecution campaigns against her, the judicialization of the state, the army surveillance to her house, the stress generated right before her assassination, when there had already been made a series of systematic attacks to the Copin. I trust a lot in the protection of our ancestor and the spiritual protection of our people, in the force and respect that she eradicated. Her assassination was a sample of the reach this group in power had, a sample of the impunity, because I'm sure they did not imagine setting foot inside a courthouse. Today, that criminal structure that gave the order continues in impunity continues to generate campaigns against us. We have had to assume this fight. 
we did not ask for it. It has been our turn to take on the struggle together with Copin, with the organization that believed in justice for Berta Cáceres. There are many campaigns of criminalization as well. They also want to discredit our, our struggle, but well, we already lived this with our mother. We know that as long as they are unpunished, these attacks will not end. Nevertheless, we have the protection of our mother, whose spiritual strength accompanies us, the protection of our people, and the confidence that truth and justice are stronger than any threat. We cannot stop, regardless of anything. Enberta, do you expect justice to be served in this complex environment? What do you envision? Well, I believe that we are going to move forward as we have done by disputing for justice in this system of impunity. That is why for us, international solidarity is vital. Because here in our country, murders happen like they are nothing, as if persons are less than animals. Our bed has been the international community. Honduras is a country that relies on the international community. Economical supports are given above all by the United States and Europe. That is why it needs to respond or give some kind of response, even if it is a smokescreen to international community, because it knows that its capacity to do justice is also at stake. And at least in this case, there was a quite forceful demand and unison response to demand real response to, to the crime. We know that perhaps in order to reach the people responsible at the top, the intellectual authors, we must generate other political and social conditions in our country where the popular will is respected, where there is a minimum of judicial independence, independence of powers, something that does not exist now. We know that we are facing the owners of this project. The majority of owners are the Atala Sabla family. It is a family that forms part of the oligarchy in this country that has been the beneficiary of the Kubletat and that in their inner communications they talk about the political capital invested to stop Berta Cáceres and to stop the Copin to stop the struggle of the Rio Blanco. They are people who rub shoulders with, well, they talk about meeting with the Minister of Security, They talk about meeting at the presidential palace. So these are not just any people. They are the people we are fighting against, looking for justice for my mother. They are not just anybody. They have been untouchable in this country and who are also part of these groups of power who maintain the condition of violence in our country. To the extent that people have had to live in migrant caravans because of the level of despair. The Honduran people are fighting people who have struggled every day to change the situation in our country. But this country has been very repressive and we are confident that one day the death of Berta Cáceres Her legacy, her memory, and the struggle of the Honduran people will bear fruit in our country. However, despite all this international tension about everything that is now known about the case of Berta Cáceres and what is public, it seems that justice is nowhere to be found. 
And it's still very dangerous in Honduras for land defenders. It's actually one of the most dangerous countries in the world. You think Honduras has changed at all after the murder? In the report that Global Witness published last year, Honduras continues to be the country that is number one in terms of murders per capita. Today, we have a very difficult situation in our country, such as the assassinations of all the Tulapan indigenous leaders, the forced disappearance of our Garifuna comrades that have been missing for more than a month. We have the judicial process against the comrades of Huapinol for defending the Huapinol River and the San Pedro River against a mining project. They are being criminalized. They have been imprisoned for nearly two years without a trial, with due process. So what is being achieved in the case of my mother, in this cause, because we call it a cause for justice for Berta Cáceres, even though it is still very limited, it does not touch any structural cause, but it is something that has had some kind of result. And as we say, that is due to the international pressure that has demanded that the state of Honduras give real answers to the crime, where there is also a lot of evidence and a lot of communication that it, and that it is good. Normally, in a high-impact crime, you cannot find this type of evidence. They were so sure of their impunity that they didn't even bother to eliminate all the evidence that exists, although we know that a lot of information has disappeared. The situation in our country is not at all easy, but we have to make the effort to fight and think about justice now. Even in the midst of the pandemic, even if we cannot mobilize to the court or mobilize together with the Lenka people, we demand justice in the midst of this circumstance. It is up to us to make the effort and to work hard in preparing ourselves for this trial, which although it is not the trial that we would like to see of those most responsible, it's a very important one. Berta Cáceres denounced Mr. David Castillo numerous times, and we know that he, as he said, is a key player in this crime. Thank you very much, Berta. As you've said, international pressure is key in this case, and that's why we're very grateful to you for giving us the opportunity to speak to you today. Thank you very much for your time. International community indeed is vital in this case, and we're very grateful to you for having spoken to us. Gracias. Gracias a ustedes también.